1: ...bid failed, or I don't like that phrasing, since he was uh, figuratively knifed by some of the moderates who did not want him to be the speaker, perhaps because of their animosity to Matt Gates. But um, ever since everything went down, and now we have today, apparently Mike Johnson from Louisiana, who has Jim Jordan's loyal support, hopefully he will come up for a vote and it'll be done today. But I think that was Congressman Jordan's first radio interview. Uh, since his speakership bid ended. So we appreciate his conversa- conversation with us. If you missed it, it'll be available at whkradio.com shortly, uh, right around the end of the show at around noontime today. So it'll be at whkradio.com, and we'll post it on social media as well. We also had a great conversation last half hour with Chris Long, the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance, on a number of matters, including Mike Johnson, the former ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom Attorney, who might be the next speaker, and... Uh, we spoke, of course, about issue one as well, and issue one is, of course, of primary importance to us. So let's welcome now another opponent of that constitutional amendment, radical, perhaps the most radical pro-abortion amendment in the entire country. That's right. Ever since Roe v.ersus Wade was defeated, it became a states' rights issue, and a lot of different states have enacted uh, laws strengthening. Uh, pro-life measures, and some of them have gone the other direction. This would be the most radical abortion uh, constitutional amendment in America if it is allowed to go through. And joining us now is uh, State Auditor Keith Faber to talk about the importance of defeating Issue 1 and more. Auditor Faber, good to have you back on our program. How are you?
2: Thanks, Bob. Great to be here.
1: Good to talk to you. We spoke um, prior to the August 8th special election. Chris Long and I just were, were, you know, uh, you know, reminiscing a little bit about the uh, importance of raising that threshold for constitutional amendments to 60 percent. But we failed. It was defeated and it was defeated soundly. So here we are. We've got to get 50 percent plus one opposed to issue one if we want to protect life and protect parents' rights in the state of Ohio. What's your feeling about where we are now about 13 days away?
2: Well, if you remember, a bunch of us predicted that we were going to see this uh, flood of constitutional amendments from the left, like planes trying to land at O'Hare. The reality is, I think we're going to see that. This is, as you mentioned, and I've heard uh, your your run up, this is the most radical uh, pro-abortion amendment in the country. Uh, It is clearly designed to allow uh, late-term dismemberment partial birth abortions. It is also gives only one person the ability to decide whether an abortion is necessary, and it is the guy who's making money off of the abortion, the abortionist. And so those issues, I mean, the, the abortionist gets to be judge, jury, and executioner. He gets to decide whether he is going to do an abortion and whether the woman should be paying him for an abortion it's kind of like going to mcdonald's and saying hey mcdonald's is the only one to decide whether i get a large fry um guess what i'm going to get a large fry every time i go to mcdonald's if mcdonald's is deciding that fact
1: that's a great uh, great analogy and uh and and it's exactly right and it and it's so much more than just abortion and when i say that of course Uh, That's with the caveat that abortion is, uh, of course, a horrific, horrific thing to consider, particularly as you pointed out, with late term, partial birth, dismemberment, pain capable, and so forth. But what I mean is, parents' rights are at stake here because of the vague language that this was written with, intentionally, I believe, by the pro abortionists and the pro death cult that is pushing for this. They don't want parents to be able to talk their daughters out of uh, of doing this if they find themselves with an unplanned pregnancy they're their you know young teenage daughters they don't want uh, parents to have a right to say anything about what um, quote unquote reproductive health decisions that their kids make. That's why they left the language with an individual not an adult so that young minors don't have to listen to mom and dad tell them what they should or shouldn't do when it comes to a certain c- uh, circumstance like this that's a that makes this much much bigger than just abortion.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right. The language was very carefully crafted. What the allied liberal organizations that created this language did was go out and look at defined terms that are going to be vague to the average person. And and they found cases that had defined some of these terms in a way that, uh, candidly, most Ohioans are going to think, well, no, that can't be what that means. Well, I encourage people to go out to a website called seethelanguage.com, seethelanguage.com and you will see the actual words. It is not an accident that they never use the term woman in there. It is not an accident that they never use an age descriptor in there. It is not an accident that they effectively are going to cut parents out of the loop on all kinds of medical decisions. When they use the term reproductive health, that isn't an accident. It doesn't just talk about abortion. It talks about your ability to decide all kinds of things with regard to reproduction and part of that the only reason to have done that was to get into the conversation about transgender and some of these other issues but Mm -hmm. but it doesn't say that so people say oh you're just you're just being extreme well this is an extreme amendment and and that's really what it comes down to so i encourage people to go out and read the language themselves Go to seethelanguage.com.
1: Yeah, that's a great uh, piece of advice, Auditor Faber, because uh, I think that's my friends at the Ohio Roundtable, right, that uh, that uh that are behind that. Uh And they do a great job of prevent presenting all of the language uh accurately so that people do know. What I want to know, speaking of accuracy, let me ask you about this, is how the pro-abort side, which is the um yes on issue one side, how they get away with so many lies and so much de- deception in this massive $10, $12, 15000000 million dollar ad blitz on television that they are getting away with, not just about what this amendment says, but what the heartbeat bill slash law that has now been enjoined and is being uh, decided by courts, but what it does, they're trying to make it sound as though... If issue one doesn't pass, no one can ever have an abortion in the state of Ohio for any reason at any time. Uh, health of the mother's mother will not be protect, protected. Uh, woman can miscarry and not get miscarriage care. All of these things that they're putting in these ads are so easily and demonstrably, provably false, and yet they get away with it, and I don't understand how how that can be.
2: Well, part of it, Bob, is is that the, the, the Supreme Court has basically said, look, you can lie in political ads, uh, with impunity. And, and they're taking that to heart. They're doing that. Um, and, and look, make no mistake about it. They're going to outspend the, the no vote side is going to be outspent probably 10, 15, 20 to one by the time this is all done. And it really comes down to this. The people with a financial interest in abortion are putting tens of millions of dollars in to keep their business interests alive. You're getting most of the money from out of state. We we saw this before on on the the prior issue one in in August. The money is coming in by these national liberal groups because they understand that in Ohio, they don't have the political plot to win elections. They're trying to buy constitutional provisions. And this is the fear I have going forward. This is a fear that conservatives and your listeners need to be very aware of. Um, When somebody's trying to buy a seat in the state constitution, the general default vote should be a no.
1: That's very well said. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you pointed out uh, why it is that they're able to outspend the no on issue one people. Um, I, I've been trying to explain this to people because, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people who get very, very angry. And I keep seeing so many of these yes, where are the no's? Well, the no on issue one uh, campaign has raised in strictly donations from people who support life. And parental rights, uh, I think the last ad buy was $4 million, and the one before that was a few million dollars. So they're doing it, but they just can't match dollar for dollar and ad for ad with the other side that has a product to sell. They have a they have something to sell they they 're selling abortions. Planned Parenthood can give millions of dollars here because they know they 're going to make that back up on the back end uh, when abortion is legal all the way through the you know through the the, the moment of birth or up to the moment of birth um, they 're going to get all of that back but those who are supporting life auditor Faber don 't have a product to sell. this is just about uh, you know the, the the life and the survival of children and uh uh, you know, and and parental rights that we're selling, and 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 there's no money to be made on that side.
2: That's right, and and you're exactly right. The the interest of of the allied liberal organizations to act uh, to act collectively, we have seen election to election to election. Whereas conservatives, and maybe it's because we all have a little bit of libertarian streak, tend to be individuals, and so we're trying to raise money individually, one one citizen, one voter at a time, and it just doesn't. Uh, line up with the big money that is in this from the the woke left and and the other people who have an agenda. And and so I go back and say, look, uh, under any imagination, the question that we all ought to be asking is, when does life begin? And is not life worthy of being protected? But under no stretch of the imagination, no matter where you're at in abortion, over 70% of Ohioans believe that partial birth, dismemberment abortions are wrong. You ought to be able to bring the baby uh, that's full term and, and deliver it and give it a home, give it a chance for life. That is not a close question. The problem with this amendment is it says you can kill babies literally at the point of delivery.
1: That is exactly what it does we 're talking with ohio 's uh, auditor of State, Keith Faber, on the reasons why we need to be louder and more uh, diligent than ever at getting people out there to vote early. Tell everybody vote early don 't wait until election day. We find uh, ourselves you know playing from behind and I always I make a, a football metaphor uh, that you've got to score in all four quarters there 's four weeks of early voting allowed you 've got to score in all four quarters so you 're not trying to catch up from a massive deficit on game on, uh, in the uh, two minute warning. Uh, which would be Election Day. So we're telling everybody, if you are in favor of life and if you're just opposed to radical extremist abortion views and stripping of parents' rights and allowing kids to make life-altering decisions about changing their sex, with, again, without parental input, uh, you know that's what issue, one number, uh, issue number one does, and we have to defeat that. So we'll continue to Bob, get that message out there. Yeah, yes, Senator.
2: You, you're, you're spot on on the vote early. We need to bank the conservative vote. I know a lot of Republicans say, we're Republicans, we vote on election day. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality is, is a lot of things can happen between a midterm off your election and people forgetting to go vote. We know that there will be an awful lot of your listeners, an awful lot of conservatives who have full intentions to vote on election day, but forget something else comes up. You, you get your kid called because they're sick at school or, or something else happens there is just no reason not to vote early anymore. In Ohio... Well, you, you know, the, the the real thing state.
1: that bothers me or worries me, Auditor Faber, I apologize for the intrusion there, but just to point it out, yeah. it's not just that something can happen to you, but sadly, you know, and these are election integrity issues we talk about, but things happen at the, po- at, the at the polls on election day. Oh, sorry, the machines are down. Or, oh, this one doesn't work. Got oh, it. we're out of paper or out of ballots or out of ink or whatever. There There just seems to be more examples of that happening on election day, and, you know, like, sorry, it's going to be a little bit longer of a wait in line here while we deal with all yeah. of these things. Then people have to get back to work. They were going to vote on their lunch yeah. hour, and then they've got to leave, yeah. and they don't get those votes counted. That's why we just encourage people to get to their board of elections and do it early.
2: Vote, vote early. Uh, you can even do it by mail. Send an absentee yep. ballot. Yep. Look, in Ohio, and even President Trump recognizes this. in Ohio, we have put great safeguards on early voting and voting at any time to make sure your vote will be secure, your vote will be counted, and fake votes are tough to happen. Remember, we were one of the first states back in 2004, 2005, that actually started to tighten up this concept of early voting. And in Ohio, as long as you are requiring Democrats and Republicans to both oversee the ballot and you have those five fields on absentee ballots, all have to be completed, no exception. Ohio early voting is safe. It is secure. Look, uh, we need to encourage to get every vote in the in the well. Make sure your your friends, your neighbors, your kids all vote because if they vote, then then we can have a stop to some of these really crazy radical ideas that are being put forth by ballot initiatives.
1: Absolutely, we're talking with Auditor of State Keith Faber. Uh, so, in addition to that extraordinarily important vote on issue one and also issue two, we haven't discussed it. Uh, you know, I know you and and so many others uh, are conservatives who are concerned about kids also oppose issue two with the legalization of recreational marijuana. But our kids, uh, of course, are in a different type of danger um, in their school buildings and in their districts. And I know you uh, have made some announcements or you'd like to make one now about some school board endorsements. Can you talk about that?
2: Sure. Uh, Look, we went around the state and worked with local uh, parties and local leaders to try and identify good conservative school board candidates in a lot of communities. Now, I wish we had people in every community, but we endorsed about 30 people around Ohio that we vetted and, and talked about people who are going to empower communities, empower citizens' input in school districts, and put parents back in control of schools. Look, it's pretty simple. Uh, school districts are forms of government, and they are government entities that seem to have, for far too many areas, been run by for the people in the institutions, not for the kids. And we need to take schools back for kids.
1: Absolutely. It's as important as anything we're going to vote on. I mean, maybe with the exception literally of the lives of preborn babies uh, uh, with issue one. But seriously, there's, there, there are a few things that are more important than making sure our kids have the ability to be educated, not indoctrinated, not groomed into certain lifestyles or anything else that are going on. And the front lines of those wars Are the school boards. Parents need to be able to trust what their kids are doing. They need full transparency. And too many boards and too many board members and too many administrators are committed to left wing ideologies being pushed in schools instead of actual education. True American history, uh, which, you know, in in critical theory being used in so many different ways. So we need those positions. These are as important as congressional positions. These are important as, as executive positions.
2: You're exactly right. I say this all the time. School board are one of the most important elected officials anywhere. Mm-hmm. And and look, they, they don't work for a lot of money. In fact, you know most school board members get paid a couple of bucks a meeting. And and, and the, the, the the issues they have to address can be literally life altering for our young people, our kids. My kids go to public school. It is very important that we have high quality public schools to educate our kids for the future, but more importantly, to keep our society values intact. And that is something that gets lost when we allow ideologies to come into our schools by way of indoctrination. It should not be happening. We should be talking about uh, you know, history, and we should be talking about math and science and reading, not about pronouns. And other issues that that are going to hurt our country long-term.
1: Very, very well said. Yeah, we have to keep our societal values intact because, quite frankly, our societal values are under attack. Uh, and the And the school boards uh, school board members are a huge, huge part of that. Uh, Auditor of State Keith Faber joining us with messages again on issues one and two and also school board voting. Make sure that you vet your school board candidates, make sure these are people committed to education and in non indoctrination, and in all cases, get out there and vote early. Do not wait until Election Day for all of the reasons we mentioned. Bank that vote. Uh, no on issue one, no on issue two, and for the right school board candidates for your kids. Auditor Faber, thank you for your leadership on this. I appreciate you coming on with this very important message.
2: Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for giving a shout out to my good friend Jim Jordan.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We all, uh, we all respect him a great deal. Thank you, sir. All right, there you go. That's uh, that's Auditor Keith Faber on AM 1420, The Answer. So we've been heavy with guests. Uh, Pastor Chris Long was an unexpected guest. He heard me uh, talking to Jim Jordan, talking about uh, the potential new speaker from Louisiana being, uh, being voted on today and uh, said, hey, we've got to get in on this as well as issue one. So we had Jim Jordan, Chris Long, and now Auditor Keith Faber as well. So, those were uh, good conversations. If you missed any of them, you can catch them on the back end on the podcast page at whkradio.com. Point behind that is, our number three, I believe, is guest free. So, opportunities for you to finally be heard on all of these matters and more. two one six nine zero one zero nine four five or 888 281 1110. This is Always Right Radio. Stay here.